Where's she at? What y'all doing? Here's your mic check. One, two, three, four, five, and here it comes. You're listening to Live from Texas. Radio and the internet. Live from Texas. It's alive. It's alive. It's alive. With none other than Jordan Kennedy. Jordan Kennedy. Jordan Kennedy. We now go live. You're now plugged into one of the hottest podcasts in Texas. It's Live from Texas with Jordan Kennedy. Cover your eyes, America. Run for your lives. Hey, Ryan. How are you doing? Good, Jordan. How are you? Oh, doing wonderful, sir. Thank you. How's you having a good day so far? Uh, I just got off work, so it's looking up. Yeah. What do you do for work? Uh, I'm actually a uh, industrial engineer for Boeing. Oh, wow. That's very interesting. What does that entail? What do you have to do for them? So uh, <clears throat> I work for on the uh, the triple seven, and right now. Uh, I'm working on the wing section, and I basically do all the scheduling, uh, parts procurement, uh, working with mechanical engineers, uh, kind of a go-between between the uh, the hard engineering and the uh, the mechanics. So a bit of a liaison engineer in that way. Cool, cool. I was uh, going to school for pipe processing engineering whenever I was in college. So I, I oh, got nice. a little bit of, little bit of uh, you know, AutoCAD background pipe across uh i'm not sure that the programs anymore it's been a few years since i've been in school about five now uh but i i really enjoyed engineering it was it was fun to you know come up with something from nothing it's it's definitely always a challenge but it's uh it's we've got a pretty good uh kind of well we got a great product and and like i said you know it's always working towards improvement for that right now, for everybody listening, Ryan is the guitar player and you said backup vocalist for the Lowdown Drifters. If, am I correct on that? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, it's my so the band was started about almost five years ago now uh, by myself and uh, Big John Cannon, who is the lead vocalist. Uh, he had actually come to a concert, the last concert uh, of a band that I was in that was breaking up. Um, and he come out and basically said, you know, we should we should start start our own band. Uh, I had written about half the songs in that band, so we brought those over. And he had just been in a band that broken up as well, so together we kind of combined our songs and found uh, found a group of musicians and and started doing this thing. Awesome. So y'all, uh, you're you're are you doing songwriting still with the band? Is that part of your job as well? yeah of of the music we've, we've recorded it's pretty much 50 50 on uh on my songs and john's as well okay okay yeah that's that's always been a um an art form that i would have loved to have been able to uh, actually have in my genre as, as well or my repertoire uh and i, I just never could pick figure out the word how to get some words to fit with other words and how to have them rhyme. I can, you know, I can sit down and write a story, but I can't make it come into a life of a song. Well, so that's, if you go, oh, sorry, I was gonna say, well, if you ask John, um, I put, or just about anybody else, I'm able to fit more syllables into a space than anyone can possibly sing other than me for some reason. So <laughs> usually the first thing we do when we start working on a song is figure out which one of those words can be cut out. Uh, so so <laughs> actually say them in the speed that I'm trying to do it. 
Um, but uh, I've, writing songs is interesting to me because you really, depending on the type of song, some some less so, but the ones that I really aspire to write is you're trying to tell a story, set set up, you know, the the backstory, introduce the characters, and then come to a resolution all in about three and a half minutes. So you right. got to be pretty concise. Um, along with also just hopefully either figuring out a rhyming scheme or a way of tying it all together. Okay. Yeah, that, that's exactly what I was going to ask you, what the most challenging part is of, of songwriting to you. Um, I know that, like I said, with the words, just trying to get everything to come together has always been a challenge for me. I've, I've, I know that, that with artists, you, you write down songs, and a lot of the times that you have songs that just, you know, you either throw away or you take, you know, song lyrics from one song and you put them into another just because they seem to fit at that moment, you know? Yeah, I've definitely done that where you combine a couple ideas and you're like, oh, this actually worked better for something else. Um, I think one of the interesting things to me is uh, you can write a song that you think is brilliant or, you know, this, this means so much, but if nobody else gets it, it's not really going to do anything. I had a song called uh, denim and chambray that I thought was just this real great song. Uh, And we went in the studio and nobody knew what chambray was. So I was like, well, I guess uh, that one's not going to make the cut. Um, Yeah. What is, what is chambray? Chambray is, it's basically a softer denim. Like if you see a, uh, if a woman has like a, a, a pearl snap that's denim and it looks, you know, kind of like nicer and softer, that's chambray. So the whole idea was like two different people cut from the same cloth, but you got, you know, your, your rough and tough uh, wranglers and then you got this softer chambray side. Um, but as you just demonstrated, nobody knows what chambray is. So <laughs> it seemed yeah. like that was not the best strategy if people were going to have to Google what the song was. Right, right, right. Yeah, that's definitely, I would have had to have uh, done some Googling myself on that one because I have no idea what chambray I've never even heard that word until right now, honestly. Um, this, this is where I get myself in trouble. <laughs> well, you know, that's, that's part of being an artist, I feel like, as well. Um, so y'all are out of based out of Washington State, and yeah. I've never I've never thought of because I'm from Texas, born and raised in Texas. Uh, I'm out of East Texas, Tyler as well. I mean, uh, to be exact, uh, I'm not sure if you know where Tyler, Texas is uh, by chance. Yes, um, sir. Driven right by it. Okay, okay. You're down twenty, I'm sure, on the interstate. Yep. Um, Oh yeah. Okay. So there's a lot of artists that come out of East Texas or, I mean, Texas has its own music scene. Explain to me Washington country, because we call it Texas country down here. What's, what is Washington country? Uh, I wish, I wish that we had that same ability to, to have what would be considered that Washington scene. Um, So just a little bit about Washington is everybody thinks of Seattle and Starbucks and Nirvana. Um, 
I actually live about an hour north of Seattle, which is equal distance to Seattle and Canada. So you you get outside of the city and I'm not going to say you'd feel like you're in Texas, but I don't think you would you wouldn't picture Washington state being where I live. I live in a log cabin in the woods. So there's a, there's a whole different scene of people that are um, very into that Texas music. Uh, I go to a lot of concerts or I did when concerts were legal. Um, Right. You'd be, you'd talk to the people there and we'd go see, you know, Jason Boland or Ray Wiley Hubbard or, these great texas artists and you'd ask the other people like oh are you from seattle and and nobody was ever from seattle it was everybody coming to this venue in the larger city but from all the outskirts you know an hour two hours in every direction so i think that there's a there's a rural component to the music that you don't find in those larger cities that still exist throughout washington and everywhere else right so it's it's kind of it makes me think back to uh, uh, "Country Boy Can't Survive" by Hank Williams Jr. You know he talks about we come from the uh, West Virginia coastline and uh, or not West Virginia coastline. I can't think of the, the exact lyrics right now, but he talks about all these different areas. It's not just one specific area that is that is country. You know that the country is the United States it's it's different areas of the United States it's not just one specific you know region like a lot of people seem to think especially from Texas because I guarantee you there's there's other people that have never thought of uh you know y'all's type of country and the thing is with me that I've noticed with y'all's music is y'all do sound a lot like Texas country I mean I think one of the greatest things about you know, the Texas country genre is, uh, it's, it's pretty inclusive. Um, we've developed kind of a, a lifeline to a lot of other kind of similar bands here. Um, there's a band out of Oregon called the Brass Tax. Um, we have buddies in Idaho, Jesse Dane and the Sagebrush Drifters. Uh, there's Tyler and the Train Robbers. I mean, Reckless Kelly and Meeking the Motor Cars are both from Idaho originally. So okay. there's, there is uh, these pockets of uh, of fans and of bands making kind of that rock country uh, songwriter uh, music everywhere. I definitely think, I mean, one of the reasons we've always looked up to, to Texas artists is uh, it's, it's so prevalent and that scene is so well-developed that uh, it's nothing like we have here for certain. Um, we have our, a specific couple of specific venues that kind of stick to the Texas country Americana. I know some people hate the word Americana, so sorry if I just turned somebody off, but I don't know what else to call the, that type of music, <clears throat> but all, the alt, country. alt country, we'll go with that. Yeah. Um, but I'd say that, you know, we probably have to travel a lot further to find those venues or to find those crowds than, potentially in Texas, but, but there's definitely still the people with that hunger for that type of music around here as well. Right. Right. That, and that's, uh, like you said, you got to get out in those rural areas, um, to, to really find that, uh, that niche. Uh, I've got a buddy that's in a band called Jimmy Curly band and he's just, just started in the last couple of years. And he's, uh, I was 
discussing with him the other day. Uh, he, he just got back from a run in South Texas, and he said that, you know, they, they loved him down there. They're actually, you know, playing his music on the radio, uh, but he's from East Texas. He's from, I believe, Longview area, which is off of 20 as well. Um, and he said that he's had a lot of tr- trouble actually getting shows up here because of him being too country. But even to me, like I, I discussed on my uh, my last episode, there's there's coming with Texas country. It's not, you know, two stepping. There now there is two stepping artists out there still to me. Like there's still Randy Rogers band uh, that's playing Cody Jinx uh, that plays some kind of some two stepping music as well. Uh, um, but a lot of it is going into that new rock almost stage of Texas music. And I feel like y'all have kind of with what I've listened to have that rocker rock feel to it, but it's still, you know, at a slower tempo to where it's, uh, it can still be danced too. I mean, I think I've thought about this a bit and, and, looked at the change over the years. And I think one thing that I always attribute it to is um, generationally, you know, obviously people can find music just by looking now on the internet or, you know, you could buy CDs or whatever, but there was a generation that grew up with Hank Williams and Lefty Frizzell and, and all that kind of music being played on the radio. And then you get to another generation um, where it was Merle Haggard and Hank Williams Jr. And and then you get to the generation where it was George Strait and Alan Jackson. And then now I think we're kind of getting to the generation where it was like Blink-182 or something. And I really feel like those influences, whatever you listen to growing up, those kind of start to show through in your music through the filter of making country music still. But you go from two-stepping to you know, honky tonk dancing to now more of a rock sound. And I think right. a lot of that's just been influenced by, by the experience growing up. Right. Yeah. A lot of songs, there's some artists. Uh, one of my favorite right now is uh, Cody West that I'm not sure if you ever heard of him. Yeah. Um, but he's got that. Very, his last album was very influenced by blink 182, some 41, um, the the i guess early 90s or i mean uh, early 2000s punk rock stage and i mean I'll, I'll sit there and be in my truck listening to his music going down the road and i'm sitting there there you know almost headbanging from just because it's got that feel to it you know and there's like i said there's so many artists co wetzel that's you know blowing up right now uh still i mean he he has not slowed down since he started it doesn't seem like um You've got Cody West. You've got uh, several other artists. Uh, there's a guy named Chris Colston that's out of East Texas as well that does a lot of that more upbeat, almost rock feel to it. And th- like I said, that's what I've liked about y'all's music is that it's still got that feel to it, but it's also got that I can I can dance to this. That's what I've liked about y'all's. Y'all brought a mix to it almost. Uh, but that's where I'm 
you know, trying to figure out what Washington music is, you know, it's, it's, you've got Nirvana, you know, that's <laughs> going to be always probably the, the most known band out of Washington. Um, and- right. I mean, there's, there was that Nirvana, uh, Pearl Jam, you know, the whole grunge scene really took off out of Washington. Right. Um, so there's, there's definitely always people that'll always be kind of considered what Washington music is. I think no matter what changes come around. Right. Well there, and that, and that's what I was uh, discussing with Troy Stone uh, on my last episode. We were talking about uh, Colby Cooper, who is a artist out of Palestine, uh, Texas. And he, he was talking with a, uh, another podcast or another music uh, playlist podcast. Uh, They, they've got both on Spotify but it's called Texas Music Pickers. And he was mm-hmm. uh, talking about how Texas music is not, it, it's, it's, they're not making Texas country, they're making Texas music. And he, you could throw in, you know, Houston rappers, you've got uh, Bun B, Pimp C, you've got all these other rappers down there in Houston that made Texas music. And that is, that made me look at everything in a completely different light than just being okay this is just going to be texas country because that's uh it it was throwing me for a loop almost trying to figure out what these artists were putting out because it wasn't two-stepping music you know right well and i mean even got people like leon bridges you know putting out texas music right um, right but but in a whole different way than than I'd say traditional country, if we want to call it that. Right. Uh, yeah. I mean, and Leon Bridges is, is awesome. Um, thank you. Um, he's he's definitely a magnificent musician um, that is still just paving the way for other artists to come through. For sure. You know. Um, so what is with the time that you've played you've y'all have been through texas and and that's that's what i've noticed in y'all's music as well is that y'all have uh, mentioned texas quite a bit there's y'all have a song diesel smoke that is becoming one of my favorites just because of the line uh at the beginning of the song talks about you know uh, standing at the front door about to leave uh whoever's wife or girlfriend uh, and they're going out on an East Texas run. Now, how does that, how do y'all incorporate Texas so much? Because y'all have another song that talks about being in West Texas. So, uh, John, the lead singer and the other songwriter of the band, that's a song that he wrote. And before he was in the band, uh, he was a long haul trucker for about 10 years. Okay. Um, and one of his, uh, he's originally from California, but one of his main runs was across Texas. So he had spent years playing open mics and going to Fort Worth and seeing all the small bands before they became the bands they are now. So he has a real special place in his heart for that, for those venues and for those, I mean, he's probably driven that route, you know, a thousand times. Right. Um, there's another song, uh, maybe it's diesel smoke. Um, 
Yeah, I, did. I think it is diesel smoke where he where he actually talks like if you looked on a map, he's literally just describing uh, a trucking route and he'll like pull, pulled out of Fort Worth, East Texas bound. And he like names off the road signs and stuff. And uh, it's not like he had to, you know, look at a map or come up with something to try to do that. He would just like, oh, that's that was a drive I did. And that's that was an experience. And that was something that happened. So um, I think we he definitely I remember the first time we went to Fort Worth as a as a band, he was like giddy, like a little freaking schoolboy um, <laughs> getting to show us all the places like, oh, I saw, you know, I saw Ray Wiley Hubbard here and I, I played this spot, you know, 15 years ago and all this stuff. So he just has like a real fondness and a history in a lot of those spots. Right. That's and that's awesome that, you know, he's he's got that that memory engraved into his mind you know because we are being from texas and i'm not sure i'm sure it's got to be the same for washington you know you're very proud of your state you know uh i know y'all have a lot of things going on up there right now with uh with with some you know we're we're not going to dive into that too much um but you're still proud of your state and where you're from and and it, it always makes somebody from Texas to hear, especially me, to hear, you know, something about Texas in a song that's not the artists aren't even from here. You know, it, it, it definitely catches your ear. It's funny. I got I got a song that I'm hoping uh, that I'm hoping that we record on the next round um, that I wrote about kind of that feeling. And it's called uh, it's called Out of State Plates. And uh, and it kind of just talks about, you know, when you're from someplace like Washington, as we've kind of talked about, that doesn't have that musical identity playing country music. You're just hopeful that people will take a listen and not automatically be like, oh, they're going to, you know, play Alice in Chains covers or like whatever they think of with that style of music. Right. Um, so. I think that, you know, there's, there's been a lot of bands that, that uh, like I think of uh, American Aquarium as like oh, a Texas music band. And I know they're not from Texas, right? but I just feel like they fit within that. Same with, uh, I know Reckless Kelly lives in Austin now, but I mean that, I think of them as a Texas music band, even though they're originally from Idaho. Right. Right. They've definitely gotten uh, that. They've been, been it, it's kind of like Chris Knight if you know who Chris Knight is, which I'm sure you, being yes. a songwriter, you should definitely know who Chris Knight is. Um, he is a yeah, honorary, got to... he's an honorary Texan that we like to, you know, consider him, even though he's from Kentucky, I believe. Um, yep. Yeah. So he's, there's definitely a lot of artists that have come and I love American Aquarium. I got to meet them. Uh, we have a festival down here in Tyler every year called the Red Dirt Barbecue Festival. And they played last year, and I got to work the concert, work backstage. I did. Uh, I worked with a uh, a company called Backstage Sound and Lighting out of College Station, Texas. Okay. And got to meet um, BJ. Got to meet the whole band. I got to meet Stony Larue. Um, I cannot remember the other artists that were performing that year. I think it was Randy Rogers and uh, and jo- not Josh Abbott, but uh, Wade Bowen. Um. Got to meet everybody. I've I've met Randy several times now. Uh, that I've uh, been to his concerts. Got to meet him. 
worked worked his concerts as well and got gotten to meet him. Uh, but American Aquarium, they have a song that's called uh, well, there's a uh, Losing Side of Twenty Five, but mm-hmm. there which is one of their biggest songs to me. But then there's and I uh, but there's another song called um, let me think of the name of it real quick. Uh, it's called I Hope He Breaks Your Heart. Yep. I know that one. Yeah, and and that song <laughs> was great because I found it after uh, I had broken up with an ex, and I was like, you know what? I because she had immediately gotten with somebody else, not even you know a month, two months afterwards, and that's immediate to me after a breakup. Uh, but I was like, you right. know what? That I hope he breaks your fucking heart, <laughs> you know. Like, and then it talks about how you are uh, you you uh, you fuck like a woman, but you love like a little girl. Their, their, his songwriting ability is otherworldly to me. And, you know, he always talks about yeah. how he wastes all the, all the slow, sad songs on you, uh, talking about the, the woman that he broke up with at the time or that was whatever was going on in his life at that time. And just being able to bring that into life for another person. Uh, I, I know that as a songwriter as yourself, um, you definitely want to bring that to, you know, having the relevance for another person when they're listening to your music is probably the biggest joy that you can get as a songwriter. You know? Oh, yeah. I'm, I remember one of the first times after we started and got our music recorded when we played a show, uh, a show and everybody was singing along to a song and it was like, this is crazy, you know? No. Not having that for so long and then people just everybody's like i love that song that's my song and you're like oh i you know it kind of takes on a whole new life right right so y'all have we y'all played in east y'all, i mean y'all played in texas y'all played uh I mean, i'm sure several several other states what has been one of your favorite venues to play um let's see so we have a uh, just for sheer beauty of the venue. We have a venue called uh, The Gorge here in Washington. Okay. And it's a, it's a natural amphitheater that goes down to the Columbia River. Oh, wow. And uh, it's, it's like right up there with Red Rocks, in my opinion, as like just one of the most picturesque venues. Um, and uh, we were able to play at a, a festival called Watershed last year. So that was one of the one of the just it was so gorgeous to play there um that's definitely towards the top and then we played on it's one of those things you you grow up listening to music and like the places that people mention and like i've been hearing texas songs talking about uh 6th street in austin forever right and then we got to play on 6th street last year um and i think that was kind of a cool moment where you're just like oh this is what they were talking about, right. you know? <laughs> so I think that was definitely one. Oh, we also played at the, uh, the blue light in Lubbock. Okay. Um, which was a really cool venue. Um, I think just because we know the history of some of these spots. Um, and then here in Washington, uh, in Seattle, our favorite or one of our favorite spots is uh, a place called the tractor tavern. And uh, we've been fortunate enough because the, the style of music we play uh, does kind of, it works pretty well with, with a lot of the Texas artists. So we've been fortunate enough to play there with uh, 
Played there with Parker McCollum. Played there with Shane Smith and the Saints a few times. Um, and a bunch of other people that I'm now drawing a blank on. Mickey and the Motor Cars. Yeah. Um, so that, uh, that spot, because growing up and going to shows, we always went there because that was, that's where the, the bands that we loved played at. Um, so being able to play there, you know, with some of those artists was always a, a special thing for us. Right. Yeah. Parker, I've seen him play a couple times. He's, he's awesome. That the limestone kid, as he's called in, in Texas, um, he's definitely doing something, you know, different, uh, when it comes to music. He, he's, he's one of those artists that I, like I was explaining earlier about how you've got, you know, the rocker side of Texas, Texas music that's coming out at this point, but he's still got that, that country feel to him, you know, and he's, from what I've gathered, he's a very genuine guy. You know, I've never got to meet him actually in person. I was supposed to, he's supposed to be playing the Red Dirt Barbecue Festival this year, but it got canceled or got postponed to October. It was supposed to be in May, got postponed to October, and now it's being uh, postponed again until next May. So I'll, I'll get to work that then and, and get to meet him. Uh, but I, what, is, what has been your experience with him? I mean, has he, since y'all have played with him, uh, he was he was super nice. We actually we had played a festival in Oregon called the Wild Hair Country Festival, um, and we had opened up for him. Well, I guess played before him uh, there, and then we played with him the next day or two days later in Seattle. Uh, and I mean, he was a super nice guy, very uh, very friendly. Super. I remember just how polite he was to everybody. Uh, and one of the funniest things about that show was uh, his mom was there. And uh, he's got that song where he says, my mama's gone insane. Yeah. And his mom was working the merch booth. And he just like gave her this look like, sorry, but people got to sing along. Right. And uh, it was just a cool moment to see him. And, and his mom was there in the band. I think it was their, I think that was their first trip out to the west Co- or first run out to the west coast at that point oh cool so this was two years ago i want to say right right um but uh yeah i mean i i really enjoy his music i think he's a great songwriter and, and he couldn't have been a nicer guy right okay and you and you mentioned shane smith and the saints as well um they're out of east texas area as well i think grand Saline, uh somewhere around there if i'm not i probably am mistaken on that um but I've seen them play, you know, several times. Uh, the Shane is, is, you know, one of the nicest guys that I've ever gotten to meet. Um, I saw him outside. I don't know if you know the venue Bonita Creek down in Nacogdoches, Texas, if you've heard of that one. Uh, I've heard of it. I've never been there. Okay. Well, I got to see them uh, perform there one night, and it was to a crowd of maybe, uh, I want to say maybe 100 people, man. And I love shows like that. I like that that more intimate feel of a show, even though I know for artists that performing in bigger crowds is sometimes easier uh, just because it you especially if you do it, you know, for multiple times in a row, because it just you, you get that fire lit in you. You're like, OK, I'm about to go out here and and play for, you know, two or three thousand people. Uh, but whenever you get into that smaller area, it's a lot harder to uh, 
to get the attention and, and to hold the attention of the crowd performing. Have you had that experience in your, in your musical past um, or is it completely different for you? I mean, I definitely think anytime you're, you're playing to like a huge crowd like that, it's, it's definitely a rush um, just cause you're looking out and you're like, Holy cow, you know, there's however many thousand people here. Um, I also love, there's something about like a, I don't know, two, 300 seat venue, not seat, standing room venue, um, where when it's just packed and everybody's so excited to be there. Uh, I mean, we've never played like a stadium or something crazy like that. Right. Um, so I'm sure that that would be a whole nother level. But I think sometimes it's when you get a spot that you really like and it's full and everybody's excited, um, it can almost feel, you know, it feels like, oh, you know, we're playing this huge spot because everybody's just so into it. Um, like I said, I'm sure if we were playing an amphitheater, it'd be like that times 10. Right. Uh, haven't quite got there yet, but we, we have played uh, some larger theaters um, and it, there can be a disconnect when, especially if it's a seated show right. where you kind of almost, you got to wait in between songs to hear whether people are clapping or doing something. Cause you, you can't see quite as good. And, you know, you're like, are, are they, are they enjoying it? They seem like they're enjoying it versus when you got kind of standing room only and everybody's right up there by the stage and they're dancing and they're singing. It's kind of just that, that instant gratification, like, Oh, we're doing something right. This is, this is working. Right. Right. Yeah. I've, I've, uh, I played bass growing up and I played in orchestra from sixth grade until uh, 12th grade. And I've played, you know, some uh, church groups. Uh, I played in a fiddle, uh, fiddle group whenever I was in high school. And I've always noticed that I, for myself, I got more nervous playing for a smaller group than I did whenever it was a, you know, a full on orchestra or symphony um, performance. Because whenever I was, whenever I would play with a, with a symphony, I was like, okay, I was most of the time I was first chair. I'm not trying to brag on myself at all by, by any means, but I, <laughs> I was, I was pretty, pretty good. I could read music very well. Um, and I could play and make it. And I would, you know, I had my solos here and there, uh, but I would always just fall in. I felt like I just fell into the, to the spot uh, whenever I would play with a symphony but whenever I played in the, like the fiddle group that I was in or the jazz band that I was in, uh, it was always a little bit more, my nerves were just a little bit more on edge. And it was always just a uh, more like my anxiety was just going crazy, you know, cause I'm like, okay, don't mess up. Cause if you mess up, there's, they're going to hear it a little bit more, <laughs> you know, for sure. Yeah. I mean, and doing stuff like doing an acoustic show or, you know, we've done some, some in-studio stuff at radio stations and it's like, yeah, if you mess up, there's nobody covering up for this. It's right. just going to be you being like, well, uh, that's not what I was supposed to be playing. But you got to keep playing at the same time. You can't just like, and that's, that's what a lot of uh, people that I've noticed that do acoustic things and stuff, uh, if they're good, they're good. You know, you you can 
you figure out, hey, I've just got to keep playing. But there's a lot of people that just like, okay, I messed up, especially when they're starting to learn music. They're, they mess up, and they're, they're like, okay, I've got to start the song completely over. No, just keep on going. You know, right. One of the one of the weird fun things is that usually when when we write a song before you even play it for somebody else, you've probably played it, you know, 30 or 40 times yourself, just kind of getting the words down and figuring out the melody and, and how you want the arrangement to be. And then oftentimes when we bring it to the band, uh, we'll end up moving something around at a bridge. You know, you do something different and you'll like start playing it out and then you mess up your own song and they're like, that's not how it goes. And you're like, well, I wrote it. I think I should know how it goes. And it's like, Oh, nope, we changed it. And you, you sit there and you're like, oh, I got to relearn my own song. <laughs> yeah. I could see that being challenging, very challenging. Um, but go ahead. It's usually for the best, but sometimes it takes a little longer than longer than you think it should. Right. Right. Um, yeah, I, I mean, and, and you and you mentioned, um, you know, opening up for artists. What has been a a group or or just a single artist that you've enjoyed opening up for the most? Or and then a, a latter question being, which group or artist have you missed seeing perform now? Man, that's a good question. Um, I, I think honestly, Shane Smith and the Saints is is one that, for me, we were talking about American Aquarium earlier, and I've only seen them actually once, maybe twice. I think I saw BJ Acoustic one time, and then them as a full band. Um, but between American Aquarium and Chance Within the Saints, it's those are two of the most high energy shows I think you can go to. Um, and when, so for uh, for a summer about I guess three or four years ago now, um, I worked as the kind of our local bar at the time. Um, I was like, you guys need me to do the booking because we need to bring in bands that are good. And basically, I just wanted to do it so I could bring in my favorite bands or the bands that I thought would be great. Right. So that summer, we we um, we brought in and we opened for uh, Shane Smith and the Saints, um, Cody Canada, uh, Chris Knight, and Jason Bolin. Um, and like playing with all those guys was amazing. But we've been fortunate enough to play with with the Saints. I don't know, like five or six times now, something like that. Um, so it's been great getting to know those guys, getting to know uh, Tim, who used to play guitar for the Saints, who's uh, who's now our producer. Um, so just kind of like the relationship of getting to play with those guys over time, and then you see them again, and, oh, now we're at a festival, and we're barbecuing backstage. And it's like, you know, it's always great getting to play with the people that, uh, that you've looked up to, but it's, it's another level when – you kind of get to know them over time and it's like, Oh, we get to catch up what happened since the last time. And like, Oh, love your new stuff and all that. So I think definitely playing with them is, is one of my favorite, one of my favorite bands okay. that we played with. Okay. So, uh, and to my, uh, latter question before I get to that, that other question, um, uh, I saw Chris Knight. you mentioned Chris Knight, and he is, like we said before, he's from Kentucky. Uh, he's an honorary. We we like to consider him an honorary Texan. Uh, I saw him play to a show in uh, 
this is a bar that's now closed down, but it was called Cowboy or Electric Cowboy and Tyler. And it was to a, to a crowd of maybe 25 to 50 people. And this is back in 2011, 2010, somewhere around there. I, I, I think I either right before I turned 21 or right as I turned 21. And that was one of the best shows I think I've ever seen. Just because, like we talked about with the, the smaller crowd, how it being a little bit more uh, difficult to draw in the crowd, there was every single person was at the front of the stage that made, that bought tickets. It's like he was like almost a a jewel that had not been discovered yet. And even though he had been playing music for years before that, he the the crowd was just not there for some reason. But like, like I said, it was one of the best shows that I've ever seen perform. And that's an artist that I, I'm glad has come back in the last couple of years um, to start making music again. He put out an album, I think, two years ago. Um, and, he, and he kind of, he had an interview that he did that he, he said that, you know, I'll make music whenever I feel like the world needs my music again. And to have that kind of presence is something to me you know yeah he's got a he's got a song on that record uh called the damn truth yes Um, oh i love that song and and that song could never feel more timely right than it does right now and uh yeah he's he's an amazing writer uh an amazing musician but he's just one of those guys where you're like I mean, the trailer tapes that he literally just recorded, I think, in like a single wide trailer someplace. uh, It's hard to top that. Right. So my latter question that I had for you was, which artist do you miss performing or getting to see performed or um, that has recently passed or what? I I mean, it, it really doesn't matter on on who you, you talk about, but who who has had a big influence on your music that is no longer making music? Well, I think I got to, I don't know if this is the number one, but I got to at least mention this. I I had tickets for George Jones. I, ne- I never got to see George Jones. Okay. I had tickets for his last concert. He had that farewell tour that he um, passed away before before it finished right um and and that was at uh whatever the big stadium is in nashville um so i was flying out to go see this last show like you know it's kind of one of those bucket list concerts um and uh and he passed away but they ended up doing a tribute to him um and it was like one of those crazy star-studded like anyone you could think of like I think Alan Jackson was there. I think George Strait was there. Mega Megadeth was there. Wow. I mean, it was one of those just like crazy. Obviously, I would have loved to to have had it just be him, but it was one of those kind of just insane situations where all these people that had been a uh, been affected and been influenced by his music came out and did a tribute. And that was one of the one of the cooler things that I've been at. Cool. 
Yeah, George Jones was definitely, I mean, the possum. You can't, you cannot go wrong with his music. It does not matter what song he has, um, and especially uh, uh, the Chris Stapleton cover that he did, uh, Whiskey uh, Shit. Now I'm drawing a blank on it. Um, Tennessee, Tennessee Whiskey. Whiskey. That's it. Okay. Um, you know, I, I've always been more drawn. I, I love George Jones's version, but I've always been more drawn to the David Allen Coe version of that song. Uh, just because I think David just had a uh, a genuine voice to him, and oh, David Anko, I've seen seen him before as well, and he uh, he puts on an interesting concert for sure. But uh, that guy can he can write a song. I mean, there's there's no denying the talent there. Right, right. He definitely puts on a, a very different show than you would get from any <laughs> any other artist, I feel like, you know. Well, I think when when I saw him, he uh, – because he, he did a, a project called Rebel to Rebel, I think that's what it was called, um, with uh, Dimebag Daryl. Um, so he was touring around, and he had all of Dimebag's old amps and guitars. So he sat there on stage, and he was playing one of those – dean like crazy star guitars you know with this big old wall of amplifiers and you're like this is probably not what i expected (laughs) but it it was definitely you know i always wanted to be able to say i saw him and and got the chance to do that so it was you know it's uh an experience you don't forget right right yeah dave i've I've never personally gotten to see him uh but his i i discovered his music whenever i was probably 14 13, 14, somewhere around there. And uh, If That Ain't Country was one of the, the songs yep. that stuck out the most to me. Um, you know, and, they, and even in that song, he's a little bit racy just because of the, the words that he says. Um, but he can, like you said, he can write a song. And that's not, you know, you've got George Strait that didn't write, you know, half of his songs or even even more than that. You know, he had a had a ghostwriter that was writing all of his songs. Uh, so I've always, as I've grown older, I've always come more uh, closer to the to the artists that have wrote, written their own songs. Uh, you know, even even, and I, I, I'm gonna kick myself in the butt for saying this, but Taylor Swift, whenever she first came out, you know, even to this day, she still writes a lot of her own music. But she had a different uh, – she brought something different to country music whenever she first came out, and especially writing her own music. Um, so that, like I said before, that's, that's always been the most um, um, – it's always brought me closer to an artist whenever they write their own music. Uh, For sure, yeah. It's, I think you're able to – take something different away because because it is their own opinion and their own voice and not to take away from anybody who you know there i'm sure there's hundreds if not more people who just set out to write the perfect george Strait song you know that that fits that that voice and that that tone but there is something special when when an artist has written a song and you get to know that's their opinion that's their voice that's everything coming from them right right 
so y'all y'all have a few songs that I've definitely um, been keeping my ear open on. Fire in her eyes. Like I was talking about earlier, y'all have that uh, that rock feel, but you still can two step to it. Um, and that's one of the songs that I feel like uh, you can still dance to. And um, sorry, I've got some background noise going right now. Uh, but fire in her eyes, it's 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 talking about a woman that is just. I'm guessing I didn't I didn't write the song, but I'm guessing that is just something that, you know, is just something different. Yeah, that's a that's a song John wrote. And he always when we play it live, he always says this song is about a strong woman. Yes. And uh, it's definitely about somebody that can can hold their own and somebody that can uh, be, you know, be a woman, but also take anything you can you know give out uh that song it's funny we had we were recording our album and we were basically done we were in the studio just kind of doing last minute touch-ups and stuff and uh john started messing around with that song it wasn't a plan for the album at all and our producer at the time uh malcolm springer he just runs in there and he's like get in the booth you're gonna sing that song right now and it's like oh we hadn't planned on doing this at all and he's like nope you're gonna do it (laughs) So it was one of those last minute additions that we didn't plan on at all, but it, but it's turned out real well. So yeah, I've I've really enjoyed it. I mean, it's got the got a good beat to it. Uh, the words are awesome. Um, talks about you know her doing drinking whiskey with the best of them, basically. Um, but y'all, you know, she's just something different about this woman. I guess I'm not sure who it was written about, uh, but anybody can relate to having that strong woman influence in their life at some point, you know, uh, whether it be an ex, whether it be a wife, whether it be, you know, just a friend. Um, so that, and that's what I've liked about it is that I could relate to it with certain women in my life. Um, yeah, I, I think it's one of the, one of the reasons I feel like it's done as well as it has is that a lot of people, whether a lot of women can see themselves, in that and a lot of men can relate to having that person right um, in their life and i think that's that's one of the one of the things that um a good song does is it allows you to put yourself in and, and feel like that song was written about you or or you could have written that song you know right right that's that's very true uh and y'all have uh the song that you the the, the way that we connected was that you reached out to me on a playlist that I had. Um, you said you found it on Spotify or Facebook, one of the two. Um, but you said that y'all were jamming it on the way to shows, which made me, I mean, just light up. I, that, that that made my day whenever you told me that. Because um, I like to think that I have a different uh, view on music than most people do. So whenever somebody compliments a playlist that I have just made me, you know, like I said, it just made my day. Um, but you asked me to put on a song on that playlist called All Right. And I've listened to that song probably a good 100, 150 times now. And every time it gets better and better. You know, it talk, talking about how he goes down to the river, 
to to pray and and just sometimes he wants to die sometimes he doesn't uh going down to a, going down to the city it, it, there's just so many different aspects in that song that come together um and talking about I'll just I'll be all right you know it's it's a great song great well written song thank you yeah i mean i think Again, going back to that relatability, I think that uh, we all have different kind of struggles. Um, but just talking about those things and how they affect us, but, you know, we're going to push through, we're going to be all right. Um, I think that's something universal that really everyone can relate to. Yes, 100%. And I've, I've definitely related to that song because there's, I've, I've struggled with depression in my life. Um, I've, I've dealt with anxiety, PTSD. So there's been those times where I've, I've wanted to, to, to die, but I, then I, something pulls me through like music. Music has always been that crutch for me, I guess. Um, that I've, it, it's always pulled me through. And that's what I love. Like I said, I, I, I've always envied the somebody that can write a song and make it relatable to somebody else um, because of that, just that singular emotion of me being pulled back out of that depression that I was in. Uh, there's an artist called Dalton Domino. I'm not sure if you know who that is. I do. Yeah. I, uh, I played his guitar in my living room. Really? Yeah. He's a, uh... Dalton's a super great guy. We did a, a run of shows with him, um, I guess, last last fall or this spring. Yeah. I think one of those two. Um, but, no, I love I love Dalton's music. Yes, he is. I, I mean, and I, I don't have any, any of his songs written down right now to, to, to talk about specifically, uh, but his music has pulled me out of so many – deep and dark places probably more than any other artist that I've found recently and there's just something about his his lyricism that just and I probably said that wrong that word wrong I'm not a genius by any means I'm pretty stupid if I if I can admit that uh when it comes to words but um his his lyrics just do something different for me and I, I've never gotten to meet oh. him. I've never, you know, anything like that. But I, the day that I do, I'm going to tell him, you know, you, dude, you have saved my life several times. And I, 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 that's, like I said, that's what I love about music. I mean, I'm definitely going to not. I was just talking to him the other day. I got to, uh, I'm definitely going to pass that along. I'm sure that'll mean a ton to him. Um, I know one thing <clears throat> you had mentioned earlier or when we, when we talked prior to this was the potential to play a song or two on here. Yes. Um, talking about Dalton, you mind if I play one? Yeah, go ahead, man. All right. Let's see if I can get this figured out. Well, 
I've burned some bridges I've torn down some fences Some I'm still mending Some I leave in the ashes where they lie Cursed in my mother I stole from my father Turned into a stranger Right in front of my lover's eye Once in my life I found freedom Bigger than myself or song I guess that surrender is something that I needed. Know what I was missing all along. Because people like me have to live in hell, see if heaven is worth it. Take the worst of answer questions and try to find purpose. Forgiveness never comes Because I'll understand But if I die I'm gonna die knowing Who I was ain't who I I don't know that's I don't know how you played that song and knew that that was the song that is pulled me out of a lot of deep places but that that song right there thank you so much for playing that no i uh i love that song i think it's uh i think it has a very special place even amongst all of his other incredible songs but like i told you he i i was lucky enough to play his guitar which was uh which was ray wiley's guitar before that so I'm like sitting here freaking out about playing this guitar right. and I'm like, Oh, and I played that for him. And he's like, that's not quite it. Let me show you how, to, how it's done. <laughs> so I can say, I think I screwed that up there a few times, but I was like, well, at least I got the lesson from the guy who, uh, who knows how it's done correctly. Right. No, you did. You did it justice for sure. Don't, don't think you didn't, didn't do that. Um, that it's just weird that you played that song to me uh, because it is and if people want to go back and listen to Dalton's version of it I mean it'll definitely hit you in a in a spot that no no song I, and like I said it's just something about his lyrics that he comes up with that are amazing to me I mean the, from breakup songs to to uh to, to that, to being a better man, basically. Coming out of those dark places and being something that, you know, I, I hope I'm the man that I'm not th- was then, that I'm something better now. You know. Oh, I, I, I love it. And, and I would highly recommend people take a listen to it. He'll, uh, he'll definitely make it sound a lot better than that. But uh, he's one of those guys we've had the fortune to, to play with that you know, I every time somebody asks, like, "Oh, what are you listening to?" I'm like, usually it's Ben Dalton within the last day or so. Right. 
So uh, I, I can't highly enough recommend his music. If somebody hasn't heard it out there, check it out. Right. Oh, yeah. And he just, uh, Fever Dreamer was his last album that he put out. And it was just him and his guitar. I, I messed it up on the last episode that I had. I said it was uh, Songs from the Exile. But that was, that was a year ago, I believe, or two years ago that he came out with that al- album. But Fever Dreamer was, I mean, it's just him and his guitar. It's 180 beats per minute. Um, and it's some of the words that he brings in, like you were talking about words that you've had to take out of songs because you can sing them, but other art or other people can't. Uh, it doesn't seem like that phases him at all. He's like, I'm going to do what I want to do, <laughs> you know, basically. He definitely uh, marches to his own beat, but I'm thankful he does because he puts out some some really amazing stuff. He does, he does. That he's been one of my favorite artists over the last, you know, three to four years that I've discovered him. Um, and corners, the song that you played. I mean, it, it's like I said, it, it just it has a special place in my heart for sure. Um, y'all have a new song out called The Ballad of the Reef Shadow. Yes, sir. And that song is a more up-tempo song. Um, and I, I really liked it because it talks about at the beginning of it, talking about hitting a pipe from a res- or hit, taking a hit from a resin pipe. <laughs> and I used to be a, a heavy <laughs> pot smoker. Um, but talking about that just kind of like made me, made me giggle a little bit because it's like taking a hit from a resin pipe. I've done that several times. Whenever times have gotten hard, been there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's funny. Like, we put out – we're I think we're, we're four – we put out four singles this summer. We got two more. Um, and uh, and part of the, the thing about putting out the singles for us was stuff didn't – when, I, when we put out a record, I like to have a little bit more continuity. Like, not everything sounding exactly the same, but just a little bit kind of thematically and, and musically. Um, and the ability to kind of put out six songs that might not relate to each other too much at all. Uh, that was a song that I wrote about probably a year or so ago um, about my buddy's boat that's called The Reef Shadow, or was called The Reef Shadow, that... Uh, that ran aground after it broke anchor and then it sank. Um, and so that the kind of the idea behind that song is uh, in an altered state, let's come up with a better uh, explanation for all the, uh, the tragedies that befell the reef shadow. Uh, you know, maybe it was comets or an octopus likes it talks about, you know, something <laughs> different than that, than it just breaking the anchor off. So that was kind of the idea behind that one. That's awesome. That is, that's great that you're putting that spin on it, you know, like, oh, no, all this stuff didn't happen. What really happened, but we're going to we're going to put this and say that this happened, you know. Yep. That's I mean, we, you know, write history there a bit. Right. Right. That's that's great. That's great. So you you say that you've written about 50 50 on your songs. What has been the most um uh, your, your one of your favorites that you've written that maybe people need um, to listen to that that even I've I've only I've div, I've dove into a lot of y'all's music so far uh, I, and I cannot think of all the names of them uh, I know you got uh, something and I'm please forgive me 
the bottle and me, I believe, or uh, me between the bottom and the, the bottle. Between the bottom and the bottom. That that's right. Y- yes, sir. Uh, so that's that's one I wrote. A um, few others. Uh, I got a song called "We Three Kings." Uh, that I wrote about me and my brothers. Um, and I'm pretty proud of that one. A lot of people just uh, who either grew up with brothers or grew up in a small town um, seem to really relate to that song. And it's special to me because I wrote about my brother. Right. Um, I got a song called uh, Won't Find Me Anymore that I actually wrote um, after uh, after Merle Haggard died. And... Uh, and kind of the idea behind that song was uh, the personification of music uh, and turning, turning country music into a person who uh, has been through hard times and keeps losing friends. You know, it, in it, it says, uh, my, my friends are slowly fading, first Waylon, then Johnny, too. And it's just kind of about how um, the tradition and, uh, and music keeps living even as some of the, the great founders and the great forefathers uh, have passed away. Right. Right. And uh, you have another song called, and I want to know is the road, is that the song that you were thinking about? Uh, that is yes, sir. Okay. It's because I, I was actually just listening to that before we got on here. Um, so that I'm definitely going to take, take a second whenever we get done and go back and listen to that song and, um, and see what you're talking about. Um, so you said, what, what song was it that you said was your favorite that you, that you've gotten to write and perform? Um, it was the, the We Three think, Kings. We Three Kings or Won't Find Me Anymore, I think, uh, were probably my two favorites. Okay. So that's, that's definitely songs that people need to go back and listen to, um, from you. Um, that's, that song, I have not, I don't think I've listened to uh, We Three Kings yet. Um, I've got you up on YouTube right now. Uh, you've got Hammer Down, Bar Stools, Black Hat, uh, End Up in a Song, Fast Track, and then Back to the Woods. Um, and that Back to the Woods actually sounds, or Back to the Woods sounds like a good uh good song just by the title of it um yeah so i'm actually uh i'm from a town called stanwood um and so that uh that's one of those small town songs uh that and it kind of talks about my life a little bit about going off to college and coming back home um but a lot yeah definitely a lot of a lot of memories in that song and uh when it first came out, I remember everybody was was pretty happy because it's, it's from being from a small town. It's like it's not a, not a lot of songs written about where we're from, right? Um, but that one definitely uh, that's what that's about. That's cool, that's cool, and it, and it's it's always nice to have a song that can remind you of where you're from. I mean, there's a lot of songs that that talk about uh, East Texas. Co uh, Co Wetzel has a song out called Forever. And it talks about uh, being broke down outside of Tyler. And I remember the first time I heard that, I was like, "Hey, I'm from Tyler. That's that's freaking awesome!" <laughs> <laughs> like it just it brought a whole new. Uh, it, it definitely caught my attention and made me listen to the song a lot more. Um, and and Co, like I said, has been blowing up. Um, 
he's he's got his Harold Saul uh, Harold Saul High album out right now, and he ha- he's been talking and on Twitter about releasing a new album. Uh, is that one of the artists that I mean? He's one of my favorite artists, uh, just because he's got like I said that rocker feel to him. Uh, there are some songs that you can two step to as well, uh, but mo- for the general gist of everything he he does put out a lot of rock album is that somebody that you would want to play with in the future um or i mean are y'all what is an artist that is that you're like okay you've got your eye on right now that you're like okay i want to play with this artist are you there Yeah, Hello? I can hear you. Okay. Um, one of our good friends, uh, Darren Jones, uh, has his own band called Darren Jones and the Last Men Standing. And uh, when he's not playing with them, he plays guitar with us a lot. And uh, when Co came to Seattle last time, uh, Darren was opening up for him. So we got to hang out um, with him and his band uh, and got to – we didn't get to play with them, but we got to be there – the entire time John sat in on guitar with Darren. So I guess half the band got to, uh, to open up for him, but, uh, he was a super nice guy, uh, puts on a great live show, super high energy. Yeah. So really enjoyed that. As far as people, um, like to play with, um, I don't know if you ever, uh, listened to a band called Lucero. I have not. Um, it's definitely one of uh, one of our favorite bands and somebody that we've always looked up to their songwriting and uh, and just how they uh, how they their the composition of their songs is is excellent and it's just like every new album that comes out it's like I can't believe these guys did it again like this is just it's better than anything before. Um, and uh, they came out with an album, I think probably a couple of years ago now, called uh, "Among the Ghosts." That uh, it's just so great. And it's like one of those things where, like, when we see these bands are coming to Washington or or somewhere close, like, get in touch with our booking agent. Like, we'll, we'll play for free. You know, we just want to go play with these guys so we can listen and hang out with them. And I'd say Lucero is definitely at the the top of that list for us. I got you. I've got them pulled up now on YouTube. Um, uh... Let's see if I can find uh, Baby Don't You Want Me. Is that one of their songs? And if, Am I getting that right? Or if I, might, I, might have, uh, I might have the wrong Lucero pulled up. If, L-U-C-E-R-O? I think there's like two. I think there's another uh, like there's a female singer, I believe from Mexico that also is named Lucero. Yeah, I see her. Um, and she's got a song called Necesitra. Uh. <laughs> yeah, this is slightly. Uh, I'd say they got a song called Texas and Tennessee that's amazing. Um, they got a song called Everything Has Changed that uh, is off that newest album that is kind of like you're saying that rocker sound a little bit more. Um, but they, they have such a great mix of kind of slower songs. I mean, they bring out the accordion, they, you know, tug at the heartstrings, and then they can just straight up rock. Too. Right. I've got, I found Texas and Tennessee. Um, so I'm definitely going to have that on the queue next. 
so Lucero and and where are they from again? Did you say? Uh, they're from Memphis. Memphis. Okay. Okay, Memphis, Tennessee. That that's uh, you got Nashville there. That's putting out a lot of different music right now. They're they're not disappointing at all. Um, there's there's an artist that I've discovered recently that's getting pretty big. His name is Riley Green, and I'm not sure if you've heard of him or not. Um, but he did the song called Grand- "I Wish Grandpa's Never Died." If yep, yep, I've heard. Him. Yeah, he's. He's great. He's from, I believe, Georgia. And um, he, his voice is just awesome, man. And, and that, there's the – in the past, you've got, like, Luke Bryan that's come out that I've, I've always been kind of turned off from, even though he's doing something right. You know, he's making money doing what he loves to do. Um, but Riley Green has been one of those songwriters that – and I'm not even sure if he actually writes all his own songs or not, but his songs have come out that uh, have hit me in a different spot. Like I wish grandpa's never died. He's got another song called uh, uh, numbers on the car. And it talks about how he's with his grandfather and uh, how he's, his grandfather basically has either Alzheimer's or dementia and he can't, do a lot of things now, but he can still remember the names and the, of the drivers and the numbers on the cars. And my grandfather actually passed away last November. So it, it definitely hit home to me, uh, whenever I heard that song, um, I, other artists that are just coming out right now that out, out of the Nashville scene, out of, out of that area that I'm actually kind of like, okay, maybe I'll start giving, you know, I, I've been very Texas country, uh, Texas rock, whatever you want to call it now. Uh, I've been listening to that most of my last 10 years, but I, I need to start actually venturing out and listening to other artists as well. Yeah, I mean, I think it's one of those things where a lot of the stuff that comes out on the radio, I'm not always the most into personally. Right. Um, but, but good music, you know, comes out of everywhere. Sometimes you just got to look a little harder to find it. Right. Right. Um, so I've got one last question for you and this is going to be the last okay. drop because I'm, I've about four beer, five beers in now, right now. Um, the last drop. All right. This is going to be my, the, let's do it. So I'm a big fan of, the office and parks and rec. What, All right. which one is your favorite? Because they're written, but they're, they're, they're the, it's the same directors, um, Greg Daniels. And I cannot think of the other name, but they both came out around the same time. So which one's your favorite? I feel like the office is a classic, but their characters like everybody always makes fun of me. I for my license picture, uh, I shaved off my beard and just kept a mustache just because I thought it'd be funny. <laughs> and everybody always says I look like Ron Swanson, really, uh, in that. Um, and like John Ralphio in that show, there's just like some characters that like are hard to beat. So I'm I think I'm gonna go Parks and Rec, okay. 
probably going to get some hate for that, but, but I love that show. <laughs> no, I, I really don't think you'll get hate for that because I've got a uh, a buddy that I work with that I I got he he had been watching The Office, but then I started watching Parks and Rec and got him into Parks and Rec, and he's like, man. He's like, I love the. He's the same as you. He's like, I love the Office. You know, you can never go wrong. He's like, you can put that on and just and just let it go. But he's like, Parks and Rec will actually grab your attention and make you actually sit down and watch the show. There's definitely some characters on there that are John Ralphio is amazing. Uh, and I and it's uh, I cannot Ben Schwartz. I think is his uh, real name, and he actually has out a uh, uh, a improv deal on netflix and it's him and another guy and they just they ask the audience about something and then they do an improv the whole skit on what they've asked the audience on oh that sounds awesome i'm gonna have to check that out yeah oh yeah ben schwartz is amazing john ralph yo you got ron swanson uh nick offerman um but uh yeah it's just a great show i i'll I'll definitely take the answer on that I, i like parks and rec as well but uh do you want to play another song before we get out of here? Um, uh, one that you've just thought of that you you just want to play for us? Uh, yeah, we'll do we'll do one. Let me let me tune up that the Dalton song is in drop D, so I gotta get things figured out here. Um, so I'll play a play that song that I had mentioned. Um, uh, this is called uh, We Three Kings, uh, and I wrote about my brothers. Okay. Three white knights on huffing backs to freedom of the road. I like the wind and back.
like that. Man, I got to apologize. My voice, we just got back from Colorado, and my voice is completely shot, so I did not do that any justice. <laughs> but uh, if you check out the uh, the studio version, I promise that John does a, a much better version. Well, I, I like that song because I, I grew up, I have two uh, brothers on my mother's side that I grew up with. Um, so it, it definitely kind of, I, I felt a connection to that song as, as well. So that that's awesome that you played that for us. I, I really do appreciate that. Um, yeah, well, thank you for having me on. Uh, really appreciate it. Uh, always great to get to chat about music. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right, buddy. Well, I appreciate you as well, and uh, we'll be talking to you soon, all right? Sounds good. You have a good afternoon. You too, buddy. Bye-bye. Yeah.